Greetings and welcome again to Church of Pod, where we come together to know God the Father by following Jesus, His Son. My name is Steve and I'm privileged to be with you today. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you've prayed to God for something, something important to take place, something to be revealed to you, something that was time sensitive, maybe all three? Well, that's the basis for this week's story. I'm thinking of a time when I was in college, and like many 20-year-olds, I'd hit a wall in my faith and in my understanding of God and how He works. An older Christian brother recommended that I take some time to visit the Psalms and suggested a few that he believed would be helpful. He shared with me a powerful image of how I was to drink it in as I read, almost like using a long straw and allowing the verses to wash over my frustrations and concerns and connect me with the heart of God and His ways. Well, those who wrote the Psalms often refer to a pause or selah in the midst of these songs or sacred poems, and selah is a Hebrew word referring to a voluntary and intentional pause for reflection. I agreed to do it that evening, and of course, me being me, this pause quickly turned into a massive word study that didn't resemble anything like what my wise friend had instructed. But there are, as artist Bob Ross often said, happy accidents, and this turned out to be one. In the midst of my frenzied effort to rest in God, I came across a psalm with a word that struck me upside the head. So, of course, I looked it up to get a more focused definition. Webster did not disappoint. And then I received a revelation of something that has stayed with me these four decades since. Before I tell you what that was, let me first read the psalm. And this is Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me, to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. While some psalms are related, each has its own historical and biblical contexts. 
And most biblical scholars believe David wrote Psalm 27 when he was in exile with King Saul in hot pursuit. If so, the psalm aligns with other writings David composed during this time. Now, there are other scholars that believe this may have been written during his son Absalom's rebellion. Okay, back to the story. For me, the most important part of this psalm was found in the very last verse. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I saw the word wait and knew that this demanded more investigation. So I quickly opened my handy Webster's Dictionary. Yes, we had actual books with words in them back then. And I looked it up. And it was the second definition of the word wait that's significant. And it is to remain undone. I had no idea what was to come and how this would in many ways define a significant part of my relationship with God. So undone, if you take it further, means to be without hope for the future. Having experienced great disappointment can mean loss of money, relationships, any number of things. And in the Bible, undone, or I am undone, literally means to be cut off or destroyed. So to remain undone is a big ask. But I believe it was something that not only the Lord asked of me, but he asks of each of us to wait to remain undone, to not have everything settled or answered or even easy. Now, the timing and the length of time we have to wait for something to happen is sometimes very significant. What if a friend is dying from cancer? A child is sick with a high fever. The rent is due. Sometimes I felt that God simply doesn't understand because he exists outside of our time-space reality. Now, I know this sounds a bit foolish because God is all-knowing, but let's be honest, how we perceive God is not always logical. Because we were young, one of the things I believe we did poorly in the community of believers where I was blessed to grow up during my 20s and 30s was that because we were serious about increasing in our relationship with God, we weren't always honest with ourselves or others about the struggles we experienced. No, we asked for prayers about all the problems that might be common to us in life. But the deeper things, like disappointments, we didn't address those. We were afraid to appear to one another many times like we weren't growing at the rate that we expected. God is big enough to handle honesty. I remember one time, especially when I, I got to the end of myself, as one author writes, and I cried out to the Lord and said, God, you set me up. And his response, that's right. And this wasn't one of those times that a phrase like, God is good all the time, all the time God is good, would cut it. I was raw, and I expressed that to my father. And he was waiting for me to get serious about having an honest relationship. There's a lot that can be said about remaining undone, but one thing is critical to understand. The virtue isn't in the waiting. But as Paul writes in Philippians 3, verse 12, that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended in Christ Jesus. And then in the New King James, it says, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And why does Jesus lay hold of us? There's one reason. It's to introduce us to the Father. He wants to disciple us so that we can become sons and daughters of his Father. Just take a moment to let that sink in. The Bible gives us a picture 
of our Father being the potter, and we are the clay, that he molds for his good pleasure. And that means we take another shape. And one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn is that this is over time. So many young believers are in a rush, I know I was, to enter into their calling or usefulness or whatever, only to be stumbled and scandalized in the faith because they're in too much of a hurry. And while we're waiting, our hope can't be in the outcome, but in God revealing himself. That's the point. It could take years, decades to get answers, to be changed as the clay. And if, like me, you believe in a God who's sovereign, he has supreme authority over everything, including time and timing. It's one of the reasons I tend not to trust a person that I meet for the first time who doesn't walk with a limp. If you haven't been hurt yet in the business of being apprehended by a God who loves you fiercely enough to send angels to wrestle with you, even hurt you, you don't yet understand the depths. God will go to make you his own. I'd like to read a number of scriptures. There's a bunch of them. Just sit back and listen. Let this wash over you. I'll, I'll provide the, the Psalms and the other scriptures this time. And just take a long drink of these promises, and, and more than promises, realities from the Lord. Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen: Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. That's the one we just read. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lamentations 3.25 The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Isaiah 30, verse 18 Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6 I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. Psalm 33, verses 20 through 22. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Psalm 37, 34. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. Psalm 62, 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. Isaiah 64, 4. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope.
Proverbs 20:22. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and He will deliver you. In Genesis 49:18, I wait for your salvation, O Lord. That's a lot of scripture, but I hope that some of those were able to be a long, cool drink of refreshment and of sustenance for you as you hear God's word and as it changes you. So how did you do learning last week's song, He is the One? It's not an easy melody to learn at first, like many Ted Sanquist songs can be, but well worth the investment. I guarantee that you'll be humming that tune at times you least expect, singing the Psalms, which is what Ted encourages through his music, and also doing business with God and your soul, almost as a reflex to what life brings your way. I've already given you a sneak peek at this week's song. It's titled, Waiting for the Lord and is one of Ted's most recognized songs and featured on the 1977 album Courts of the King. A lot of great artists contributed to this album, including gifted guitarist, vocalist, and songwriter Phil Cakey. The song comes directly out of Psalm 27, this week's foundational scripture. I've provided the lyrics and a link to our Nephew Jordan's YouTube page so you can add this song to your worship toolkit. I hope you enjoy the song, Waiting for the Lord, as much as I do. I'd like to conclude with this. This past week, I received both encouragement and a word of caution about this podcast. A local pastor that I know and respect was concerned that Church of Pod might act as a replacement for person-to-person fellowship. If you can hear me, there is no substitute for genuine Christian community, being with others, breaking bread, working shoulder-to-shoulder. That being the case, Only 25 to 40 percent of all Christians in the United States attend a church fellowship on a regular basis. Now, if there's any way that you can be part of a fellowship of believers, a large gathering or a small group, I'd encourage you to do it. And we're pleased to have you as part of Church of Pod as well. If you're not able to experience an in-person community of believers for whatever reason, I hope that this podcast is a provision for you. And if you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, may I invite you to ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. Thank you for joining me at Church of Pod. Our email address is churchofpod at gmail.com. Until we come together again next week, may the Lord truly bless you.